everybody and welcome back to How to Live the Podcast. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon, and we are so excited that you decided to tune into us today. So by now you will know that we did do our big announcement at the end of last week and that is that Tubes is launching sneakers. Or sneakies as we like to call them. Can you believe it? Um, so this is a project that we've been working on for such a long time. Like two years. Yeah and like it's been literally killing us to keep it a secret and we're so excited because people are going nuts for it on Insta. If you want to check it out we will be having a pop-up later on this month at David Jones. All the details are at Tubes Insta. That's at Tubes. And we know everybody has been hanging out for an update on Panther. We actually had a bit more of a rough week this week. He ended up with complications from his first surgery. He had to go in for a second surgery. But all your thoughts and prayers have been answered and Panther is on the mend. He is actually sitting at our feet right now, wagging his tail. So welcome back, Panther. Welcome back, Panther. So this week on the podcast, oh my God, it is so exciting. We have the very amazing Lizzie Abeg from Spell and the Gypsy Collective. We actually recorded this episode recently when we're in Byron Bay and Lizzie showed up with her barista made coffee in her own mug and it was all just so Byron we absolutely loved it so for those of you who don't know Spell and the Gypsy Collective is this amazing online store they have they even have a store in Byron which is absolutely amazing so she is super inspiring and everything we chatted to her about today was just amazing we chatted to Lizzie about what it was like going from the toughest year of her life to literally the best year of her life starting spell with her sister Isabella what it's like to run a business in Byron and their whole sustainability journey about how spell is leading the way so stick around to the end to hear a burning question from our listener and of course you'll hear all about who is on next week we also have something exciting coming for you guys later this week on Thursday our very favorite show Younger comes out it's the first episode of the season and we are so excited so we're going to be doing A bit of a wrap-up podcast app for you where we just like basically talk about the episode. And we're going to be talking about who wore the best thing, what team we're on, Team Charles. Team Josh. And that's going to be coming out on Thursday evening. So make sure you're listening. It's going to be a really quick episode. And if you like it, who knows, maybe we'll do more of it. Anyway, enjoy Lizzie. So you're in business with your sister, obviously, Spelly, and we were just hearing that she's actually got a twin because we were going to ask you you guys look a lot like twins and we obviously get mistaken for twins a lot yeah well there's four of us and we all look really similar um i'm the oldest and then the twins are 18 months younger than me and that's spelly and her sister luciana and luce lives up here as well so she's a hair and makeup artist yeah so fun what what was growing up with four girls like was it like chaos it was just abundant like there was just i think now that I'm a parent and we're having children, it's like, I just want that abundance in the house where kids are running around. And yeah. If yes. you make us like a, a pot of bolognese, you like make those massive grandma pots of bolognese for six people. That's how our family was. It was that's just yeah. so nice. Everything was like a big lasagna and a big pot of 
macaroni cheese or whatever so that's you're kind of like the kardashians of byron (laughs) (laughs) the blonde Uh, version (laughs) yeah and and now are all your kids really close because you just had your third kid right yeah that um my kids are really close to spelly's kids they're really close in age and then Luce has just had a little girl and i've got a little girl as well which they're only like six months apart so they'll be close so nice we also have like a hundred first cousins and we all grew up in melbourne together and so like a family dinner like on a Friday night is like at least 20 people yeah. and now that we all have partners and kids it's like at least 45 like it's hectic yeah it's I can't imagine living in a small quiet family like it's really nice being crazy and then how does it go like working with your sister as well because people love to ask us about that and do you fight and yeah. we don't yeah <laughs> like people always ask us like tell us you must fight sometimes we're like why like we don't fight with anyone else why would we fight with each other Totally. And I think when you're little and you've got like a brother or a sister and you're seven, you might like fight over something or like kick each other in the bed and jump on each other. But when you get older, you kind of move through that and you don't. Um, Look, Spelly and I, during our 20s and into our 30s, we're we're super close and working together was a dream. And it still is, but we are in such different parts of the business now. Like she's down with design um, and she's got to go in there and focus on design and there's a whole world down there and then I'm up with business and marketing and sales and and HR and we don't see all that much of each other which is really sucks a little bit we would love to spend more time together and we have to really make an effort to come together and like okay let's get together and what are we talking you know how's it going and how are you feeling and do you feel like we're going in the right direction and then we're like we check in with each other but um we're at different ends of the business you know and that works really well and that's probably why we were able to be you know I guess successful in those early days was that I handled one part of the business and those things that I handled she didn't have huge strengths in yes and then there was the design and the whole creative direction of the business and she was really good at that so we both just had different skill sets yeah we so often hear people talk about that that like you know in a partnership like it's all great to start a business with your best friend if you're if you you know you both love fashion and you want to get into it but if you both have the same skill set it's going to be really hard because and and that's probably more likely when you're going to have little butt-ups when you're against each other like oh you both want to post something on instagram and you know like (laughs) or whatever it is you know and you kind of like we kind of came at it from the opposite direction of like when we started we like did everything together and like what we like we're in this startup program and I remember them saying like no like you guys feel the exact same role in the business right now which is like you have your fingers in all the pies you really need to like divide and conquer and like we do have different skill sets but we just kind of love doing everything together and our email we still share an email address like we only <laughs> have one so email good. address yeah. between the yeah. two of us Every email. so you both have the same inbox on different computers yeah, and you can see same what inbox. exact same inbox <laughs> now, just recently we like uh, we started these new folders which is like Jess Action and Steph Action because it was getting a wow. bit too hectic but like every email comes from Jess and Steph and and like people are always like, why do you guys do that? It's so annoying. <laughs> but it's great for us because it's like Jess went to Byron, uh, sorry, to Bali for three weeks on a yoga teacher training course recently. I have followed everything. Oh, I've, followed, I've listened to all it. of your blog posts. I mean, your podcast. I love so that you yeah. listened. <laughs> Thanks I know. For I didn't know which one had been to the thing. I listened to the yogi. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like she was just like, okay, see, our clock's off for three weeks and I take care of the emails, you know? So yeah. like from yeah, that it was perspective. so handy. She just like had a folder for me and like at the end of every day, I'd like go in and just check if I needed anything. And I think that's what happens is as you mature as a business and as different things come into your life, like you might have something that happens or you go away or you have a child and 
there are uh, those are the moments where one of you will rise up and take charge of one particular part and that's yeah. what's happened with Spelly and I is that as we've had children and things have been happening in our lives whether it's a family holiday or whatever or school holidays and different things we've had to divide and conquer and yeah. she goes over there and I go over here and so it's good to know best. that you yeah. can rely on each yeah. other if you need to yeah. and I've been on maternity leave for almost a year and Spelly's just like stay on maternity leave it's fine just yeah. go off you know because she's yeah. been like had lots of family holidays and I've never had a family holiday really and so she's like you know take some time off you deserve it and yeah it, that's worked amazing. really well that's yeah. so special about being in business with family I guess is that like at the end of the day like you just recognize each other for like being human not being business owners and yeah. you're like I just want you to like be good and be enjoy. happy yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so we'd love to hear what life was like for you before spell Take us back to the beginning. Yeah. You weren't living in Byron, were you? No, I was in Sydney. Um, I'm from Melbourne and I moved up to Sydney almost 20 years ago and then lived in Sydney for like seven years or something. But I was a film editor. So I was um, a freelancer and, yeah, a completely different career nothing to do with fashion was never interested in fashion I loved dressing up and I was always very creative in the way I expressed myself through fashion but I wasn't a designer and any nothing to do with that um although I did start a blog called lizeslooks.com I think it's still there if you look it's was it on a blog spot it was Liz's Liz no actually my flatmate started it called Liz's Looks Lizza, because she calls me Lizza. lizeslooks.blogspot.com oh how funny is that every time before I left the house she'd take a photo of me and this is like 20 years ago so no there were no like outfit posts. So i'm getting on cool. it yeah it's really is it daggy still up there? it's still there as far as i know those blog spots died or something okay but, we're pulling yeah. out i think our blog spot is also up like our original yeah. oh how to live dot blog spot is it there? oh my god i am liz's flatmate and when she leaves the house looking this fine i'm compelled to take a picture and share it with the world yeah that is, that is so amazing. funny and that's me at the front door in bondi oh my every god, time i left and that? i'm not even like and cool when or is that? 2009 that is nuts how Oh, I love the way things like that on the internet just sit on there. Like we have the same thing with, I mean, it wasn't in 2009, it was 2011 or something, 2012. But like our old blog spot also still sits online and like maybe once every second year I remember that it's there and I'll yes. go and have a look and just like get lost in the pages. Well, we started a podcast as well. So no. yeah, and it was called It's All About Us and it was just us talking about us. What? And Where did you post it? Well, on it was on iTunes. It's, if you actually look at there, it's still on iTunes, but because it was meant to be housed on some server and then that server's died, it's not there. So you, it's there, but you can't, you can't, like, you listen, can't listen to it, to which it. sucks because it was really good. How have you but even we heard were, of podcasts well, at that point? Did you call it a podcast? Very, very, yeah, it was a pod, it was back. There were podcasts. Ah. We had this um, aim to Billy. Really like on the top philosophical podcasts or something, if you took it, that we'd be there. And obviously well, you'll we probably did two the top, episodes. And you were probably the top because there are probably only like one other one. You know? <laughs> did you Four get podcasts. very philosophical in your early 20s? No, we were, no. it was just like di- dissecting the world as according to us in our, I don't know, it probably would have been like, I don't know, early 30s, I guess I was. But so fun. I know, but I was ahead How- of the... How? But I'm, I'm genuinely, yeah, like posts. honestly, you're like a, a huge futurist. Like, how did you kind of know? Did you see them as trends coming up, or it was just a bit of a coincidence? Well, do you know what? It was actually my flatmate. She was the one that started lizeslooks.blogspot.com, and then um, she was the one that initiated. And it was funny because like our lo-fi podcast was like we recorded it on our MacBook Pro, oh, yeah. and then it'd be like okay, and action, and then we'd go 
beep, 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 you know, when you put the, the volume up and it goes beep, 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 beep. And you yeah. could hear like the music, like we'd play some music and then beep, 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 put the music down and then we'd start talking. Oh, that so was, was your intro, yeah. outro kind of thing. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. It was very lo-fi, but I wish I could find it somewhere. But anyway. Oh, how so cool. you were a video editor. Yes. And then how did Spell then come about yeah. or find you? So... In 2009, I, no, in 2008, I broke up with my boyfriend or I broke up with him, but it was just a bad situation and we um, moved away from each other and I went into this sort of spiral, terrible time uh, of depression and heartbreak and was this really kind of cataclysmic kind of year for me and it made me just question everything and how fulfilled I was in my life and I looked at him he was an actor so he had this job that he was really passionate about and loved and would drop anything for and I was like I don't care about editing like at all like for me the thing that's passion I'm passionate about is my friends and my family and creativity but I didn't feel like I was getting any of that from my current career and um I did a little, lot of work that year. I did The Artist's Way and I did a self-development course and um, actually all my friends paid for me to do, to do a self-development course for oh my, my birthday. Goodness, that's so cool. And that was sort of after, you know, being broken up for a year and me just falling into the depths of despair and they were all a bit worried about me. Um, At and that point, were you, could you see that, like, this wouldn't be forever? Like, you knew that there was going to be a yeah, way out for you? It was a really profound time for me. I look back and it was actually one of the best years of my life. It was just this questioning and reading and crying and journaling and growth. And, and you know, I have, haven't probably looked in at myself as much in my whole life as I did that year. Yeah. Um, and you couldn't stay in that place. If you stayed in that place, you'd become neurotic. But I kind of worked through it. And then at the end of it, I did this course and kind of had this moment of clarity and rang Spell up in Byron, who was, she was already up there um, making jewelry and selling jewelry at the markets. And I asked her if she needed a business partner. And she was like, oh my God, I totally do. And I booked, we booked a trip to Bali that year uh, sorry, that month, and I moved up to Byron the next month, and we were in business together. And that was middle of 2009, so it was just after. So yeah. at that point, you mentioned she was selling at the Byron market. So, like, what does being a business partner to that look like? When you walk up, and she's like, when I went up there, and she was already kind of doing her thing. Yeah, I was a bit worried about that. I thought that maybe she might be like, because I've always been the older bossy sister. So yeah. that's been my like persona for my, the twin sisters were always like, ugh, eye roll, <laughs> Elizabeth, stop being so bossy. You're always so um, boisterous. I got called sometimes. And so I thought, oh, am I going to go up there and step on anyone's toes? But she was really open and she basically, I didn't buy into the business at all. She just, it was just like we we're in business. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point she kind of went, okay, well, it cost me $500 to buy the tent and the FPOS machine or whatever and so let's just we'll just call it even and whatever and I just sort of started she taught me how to make jewelry so I was twisting the jewelry and making the jewelry um, but then I also came up with all these skills that I hadn't really acknowledged before like photoshop and video editing and I was like everything we did I was filming it and taking photos of it with a professional camera and editing it and I was like okay well this website looks horrible so she'd already had some really basic website and so I redesigned the website and I was just living in photoshop and you know oh then this pinterest thing launched and I was like let's take photos for pinterest and put it up there and 
I love this brand, Planet Blue and Free People in America. They do all these cool shoots. Oh, let's yeah. do something yeah. like that and let's take photos and do our own shoots and ask our friends. We had all these gorgeous friends in Byron and let's get them to just model for us. And we just started doing little shoots on our weekends. And um, the best thing was working at the market. So that was like the funnest thing, like sitting with our coffees on a Saturday, Sunday morning. It was super cold like this when I moved up in the middle of winter. And, you know, you're like waiting for people to come to the store and then you make a sale and it was just like oh my god totally that is the best feeling do you ever miss those days i don't miss them because they're a lot of work Mm. especially the physical labor and setting up a market stall and our store wasn't like a table and a tent it was like a table covered in like old curtains that we'd got from the op shop and then we'd pin the whole store up with pins like the sign was like this big canvas thing that we'd hand painted you know it was just this debacle it took about 90 minutes to set up yeah so it was so much work but it was probably one of the happiest times of the whole business was yeah. sitting there in the sun and you know the dude would come around take your coffee order and he'd bring you coffee and then oh and every time we made a sale it was just like the biggest endorphins rush yeah and I missed that when it was like you you sell a necklace and it was it was actually the best thing ever and I remember once going into a Thai restaurant or um, Asia Joe's in... Oh, I love Asia in, Joe's. Yeah. I ate oh. it last night for dinner. Yeah, no, so I went to Asia Joe's and one day I remember when I just started and like I ordered like, you know, whatever it was. And I looked at the guy who was taking my order and I looked at him and I just sort of looked at him like with this camaraderie of like working in a business. And I said, isn't it just the best when you make a sale? <laughs> and he just looked at me like who the fuck is this and what are you talking about he was obviously some backpacker that yeah, just he's didn't like, even I don't care know, dude, I don't care I know and I, I was shift. just like oh you know like he must be so excited that I've come in and I've bought some food <laughs> anyway That's yeah amazing. how cool is that that you went from like this really tough year and you know you said you were like going through this like depression yeah. and then like next year you were just like sounded like totally high you on fart. life I was yeah. it was and I'd been searching for this creative fulfillment that was what I was looking for and then all of a sudden and and back in Sydney I remember going and hanging out at this um jewelry shop in Double Bay which sells like beautiful turquoise like vintage jewelry and I'd just go and hang out there and look at the jewelry and just yearn for it and love it and I'd buy these rings that were like worth two thousand dollars but I'd put them on lay-by and pay off twenty dollars a week that's how much I wanted to be part of Mm -hmm. this jewelry's life and then I was up here and I was making my own jewellery and buying turquoise stones and doing it myself. And it was like all my dreams had come true. It was the best. So cool. Totally. So how did you kind of take it from that level to like just jewellery where now like looking at Spell, it's like Clothes an empire. And, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we started already Spelly had already started. Um, when I say Spelly, her name's Isabella, but when we were sisters and we'd scream to each other across the house, it'd be like, Spa, Spa, Spelly. Ah. And that's how she became Spell. Uh-huh. And, and was it through, like, had she named the business already when you got into it? She had was calling it Spell, um, but we thought we needed to change the name. So we sat around in Bali drinking our, like, cocktails, trying to think of new names, and we came up with so many names. And I was dead set on changing the name because I thought, mm, it's not a very good name. Um, and then I came back to Byron because we went to Bali pretty much. The first, was the first thing we did. And then I moved to Byron. And once I got there, she actually had created something already that was a living, breathing thing. Like when yeah. we had the markets, I'm talking like there'd be 30 people at the market stall, all like five or six people deep 
buying stuff like it was crazy and i was like we can't change the name like people this is already a thing here like, yeah so we just left it and are you the gypsy is that oh that my god in? don't <laughs> even talk to me about the name of our business <laughs> it is a shit fight it's like trademarking the word spell is a nightmare so we can't bring it back to spell but spell on the gypsy collective is like the longest name ever uh, um and what about you know the word gypsy now is there like controversy around yeah, that word yeah it's really hard we don't really know what to do actually and i would say that anyone who is starting a business to make sure that you think about trademarking issues very early on mm. like don't just call your name something and then think five years down the track that you're going to be able to trademark it because you might find that someone else has already trademarked it or it's impossible to trade it because it's a too commonly used word. Mm. Um, we had that exact same issue. We wanted to call our brand Two Shoes. Yeah. But Steph's boyfriend is a lawyer and he was like, you will never get that trademark. Yeah. So that's why we call. That's why we made up a word, Tubes. Yeah. But, and that's awesome that you've done that and I hope you've trademarked it because yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> um, we have. The lawyer insisted on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't even think about talking to a lawyer in those early days um and yeah we, I knew, basically it was like back in the early days it was 2009 and when you googled spell you'd get all these magic spells yeah and then if you wrote spell jewelry it said how do you spell jewelry in america uh, oh, spell jewelry no. is this and in, Amer- in australia this is how you spell it and it was oh just a God, google nightmare so and i was like okay we need to have something else it needs to be something else and i probably should have called it spell byron bay or i should have called it mm. anything else but hindsight's 2020 right <sighs> yeah. um and at the time we had this office that we'd sort of sublet to all these different artists and we were selling we had this little shop out the front and we sell all this different vintage stuff and art and our designs and it just I just kept thinking gypsy collective like it just felt like we're all little gypsies who'd floated into Byron and we were so floaty and happy and I loved the term gypsy it reminded me of Stevie Nicks and that Stevie Nicks song and I just kept thinking spell in the gypsy collective and it just kept rolling off my tongue and I couldn't think of anything else and I was like let's just call it that mm-hmm. And here we are today. Yeah. And it's, 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 you know, try and make a logo for Spell and the Gypsy Collective. It's the longest word ever. And then now also the kind of cultural appropriation or cultural element of Gypsy, which I had no idea that there was. And it's, people yeah, say it's, no, you none know, of us did it's, in 2009. Yeah. No. Yeah. So how international are you guys now? Um, well, I mean, every business is international now yeah. because you're selling online and anything well, you sell. Well, when you have all the celebrities wearing your clothes, uh, I think you're a bit more international. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, we have uh, agents in America, so probably America's the market that we've moved into the mo- with the most sort of energy. Um, but eventually we'd love to do more stuff in Europe as well and, and, and that's where it could become problematic with that name. So, so hmm. speaking this of this, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of celebrities, mm. we've seen you have a lot of incredible celebrities. Um, we wearing, love celebrities. We do. We're, we're big <laughs> on celebrities. wearing Australian labels. We get very excited. We should have Mel here. Mel is my marketing manager and she loves celebrities as well. Oh, really? She can talk celebrities with the best of them. I'm not as great. I'm a little bit like, oh, I don't really know who <laughs> Well, we've is. got a little list here. we got okay. Blake Lively, Kate Hudson, Chrissy Teigen. Yes. Come on. Vanessa Hudgens, who was one of the first celebs, yes. I think, to wear We Spell. love, yeah. How does that feel? Like when you see a celebrity wearing your pieces, is it still just like a rush or are you just not a celebrity person and you're like, I like anyone wearing my pieces? I, it's not really, I mean, look, I think from a business point of view, we probably get more traction when a blogger who really knows how to sell something wears something and it actually translates in sales. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yes, oh my gosh, look, that person wore our dress and she made it look like that and 
you know, that's amazing. In terms of celebrities, um, I guess there's a celebrities that you love that if you saw them wearing your stuff, it would be such a rush because it's like, I've loved you forever. And yes. oh my God, like all Smelly wants to see is Kate Moss wearing one of her pieces. And yeah. it's like Kate Moss is like a celebrity from like our generation. So it wouldn't even matter to probably sales yeah, yeah. or anyone in this generation. You yeah, know? but just personally, yeah, that would for be her so would cool. Mean, you know, and so when we saw like... Kate Moss? She... Uh, we did end up giving her a gift because she was here for a music festival once and we gave her a gift and her daughter wore some uh, of her stuff, which was pretty cool. But that is close. cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when Blake Lively wore something, it was like she's a really stylish, beautiful, positive, amazing woman who I really look up to and it was beautiful to see her wearing our stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I, I yeah. I'm so, sure there'd be different people who I'd get super psyched on if they, if they who's wore Who's your ultimate? <gasps> Oh God, I don't even know. I know I'm really terrible. You're like all the ultimates are wearing it. Yeah, no. I I mean, Kate Hudson. Like, surely you go crazy over that, no? Yeah, I I don't know. I just kind of. You're not a celeb person. I'm not. Yeah, I I, I am like, you know, like if someone from like the Vampire Diaries. I do. I'm like love the Vampire Diaries. So like (sighs) that's like I'm kind of got my own little things that are off in the distance. That you know, like if Tori Amos, who me and my sister were ridiculous psycho stalky Tori Amos fans and if Tori Amos wore us that would be like this really beautiful nostalgic moment where I'd be like someone who we loved through our 20s and 30s it was wearing spell that would be like mind-blowing but yeah yeah, that wouldn't mean anything to you guys (laughs) (laughs) so when like in those initial stages like before celebrities were wearing your clothes I think like yeah we read Vanessa Hudgens was one of the first at Coachella like how does how does someone even go about getting their clothes on somebody like that did she I don't even know how she got that maybe she got it I actually can't remember how she got it but I didn't know who Vanessa Hudgens was okay. but then no I high had, school musical no it's just a little bit yeah I know my time. I, even I'm too yeah. old for it but I loved it I anyway but once like it was a big deal when she wore that this red jumpsuit um she might have just bought it. I can't remember, but oh, she wore it, and it, I could I could see what a big deal she was because it was like it sold out overnight. You know, yeah. it was crazy, and she wore it so amazingly as well. And since then, I kind of just adore her and think she's just like I've watched. I've kind of kept up with what she's doing her now. Style and, is incredible, and she's just a really fierce woman. Like mm. she's very creative, and you know, she's done Broadway, and she's just yeah, she's got a lot of great stuff going on. So I've loved watching her. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't like I knew who she was at the time. But then I was like, oh yeah yeah okay so you guys run your business out of byron mm-hmm. um and we are so lucky to be here for the uh, two days actually. looking out at the past yeah. oh my we goodness so <laughs> we did a lighthouse walk this morning and we were just like the whole way we were like people who live here are so lucky yeah like we had set our alarms like 8 30 before this interview we we're like oh we'll have a bit of sleep in because we had a hectic week and then we both woke up at like 7 15 and we we're like lighthouse walk. oh my gosh such a great place i mean i used to live in bondi and i used to do the bondi to bronte uh, walk and that is just as phenomenal oh that's it is spectacular yeah. when i'm there i'm like how am i in australia what's yeah. going on Why i know i think I in to live in bondi or byron yeah. you are living yeah so what is work life we know you're on maternity yeah. leave right now but so like back when you're like in the office i'm still there quite a bit but yeah, not <laughs> your uh, version oh, of no, maternity no no leave. no i'm like not there anything compared to what i used to but it's i'm still got my little fingers in a few different little pies <laughs> yeah, okay. so what does like work life look like when you live in byron make us jealous um look 
think, to be honest, the the girls who work, for, I mean, for me and for the girls who work in my team, they are such hard workers. Like they work really, really hard and passionately all the time. And people often think, I think people are often, some people are quite surprised when they start working how much we expect like we actually have a really high expectation of the performance that the people in our team can bring um but there's a really great lifestyle that goes along with that in that they probably only live five minutes from work so you're only spending five minutes in the car or 10 minutes maybe getting to work which allows a surf in the morning or a run or a walk or it allows you to have a beautiful morning and then um you know getting home so i think that there's that lifestyle that's on either side of the work that's really beautiful people can go for swims or rides even at, you could literally go in your lunch time, break yeah, yeah if you wanted to um we really celebrate that as well we have early fridays and everyone leaves at three o'clock on friday and they get paid the full day um just so that they can go and spend a bit of time whether it's on wellness or getting something done and we kind of want to facilitate i guess a lot of people who have moved here to work for us we want to let them we want to celebrate that and let them kind of enjoy those special moments in Byron like a oh, Friday afternoon. I would move here to work for you guys. This is <laughs> it's just like so magical here. Yeah. And I feel like there's definitely something in that like in like your mental health is just feels better when you're like around the ocean and Byron in particular is just like such a magical place. Yeah. It is. It's 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 gotten a lot busier over the last 10 years and you know that's something that it's just comes a you know it's a really popular place to move and everyone's moving here and you know I feel I feel like oh I should have just kept it quiet like yeah. <laughs> stop it's telling like me it sucks to work here no, yeah. yeah it's terrible Byron's terrible yeah. don't come I mean look I think probably one of the the biggest things that I've always been such a huge advocate for here is that you can come and you can really create your own life and that's what I've always been really what I've loved about this town is when I moved here and there was that industrial estate and I would have never in a million years thought that we would be able to have a shop or an office space. I always thought that you can only do that if you were like super successful or something. But yeah. you could, at the time, it's not possible now, but at the time we got like, you know, we were paying, I don't know, it was 80 bucks a week for an office or whatever it was, you know, 200 bucks for, per month, you know, and it was just so accessible and I couldn't believe that. And that's what was really cool about it. You know, at, in our office, we have like 60 women working there. Yeah, and it's really that's really cool to offer that in a regional area, you know. That- and also that store that you mentioned, like, you know, everyone loves to talk about now how like physical retail stores are a thing of the past. Mm. How is it here having having that store? Look, in terms of is retail dead, it's really hard to tell up here in Byron because it is such a little pocket of, you know, I mean, even I, when I was living in Sydney, I'd come to Byron and I'd shop. That's what I would do. I would come here and I would be on holiday. I never had time to shop in my normal life. So I'd come up here and I'd, I'd get into my beautiful escapist, free spirit personality and I'd buy the beautiful long dress and I'd, I'd buy all that beautiful stuff that I'd, the you know, in Sydney I'd buy a pair of Subi jeans and a white mm. t-shirt and maybe a nice knit and that's what I'd do. Yeah. And that's what I'd live in and then I'd come up here and I'd shop all the beautiful things that I never would shop in Sydney. And so it's hard to tell whether or not because for us the shop's very successful up here and really um financially viable. I don't know how we'd go in Sydney. I don't know where we've got our eye on maybe opening a store possibly in Venice. We did a pop up last year and that that's went a really great well. Idea. Oh, that's such a good yeah, fit. So cool. Yes. We love the idea of having stores like the the idea of having a store like in the city where I live is just like the funnest thing ever. But yeah, like we're always kind of going back and forth between like 
We've is been doing the same. Is that where we should invest our yeah. energy? Is oh, it not? so hard, especially when you've got an online, you know, that direct-to-consumer online presence. The amount of money and energy you have to invest in a physical place, a physical bricks and mortar store is, is just crazy and you have to really see it's not about it's not about almost financial return it has to be about something beyond that mm-hmm. it has to be about a brand experience you have a moment to kind of really say to people this is the physical experience of spell or whatever brand it is well and i think that's why your store is so mm. good like that's what i love about a store and that you've mm. done it so well you walk in and you instantly are immersed in like the brand lifestyle and like you're like oh okay these clothes go with this which i understand yeah. and i can kind of like see the bigger picture of what they're creating here yeah it's like your own little spell world yeah and that's and you know having the airbnb attached to that and then you have an airbnb attached to it yeah there's like an airbnb above it no and then there's way. like a spell kind of well it's like not a themed. spell airbnb it's just it's just it is i guess it is we did, it's yeah so like, when you book it on Airbnb, can you tell that it's spell? No. Oh, oh you should brand it. That's well, really it's cool. Well, it's just called the Cactus, Cactus Rose Villa. That's so yeah. cool. That's amazing. I love that idea. But um, So there's that and then there's the courtyard at the side, which we have lots of events and we're able to kind of do lots of activations in our courtyard. And that's what we love about it. It's not just a little store. It's got all these other elements around it that weave into the lifestyle of it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And that's what we'd want if we were going to open one somewhere else. But yeah. I'm fascinated by the whole conversation about bricks and mortar versus digital and online and you know on one hand you have so many brands saying they started online and they're all starting to open up stores like you look at someone like reformation who are like growing so amazingly in america and they're opening up stores here and here and here and there must be something to that yeah having that physical experience really does extend the customer's experience well we recently went to um at melbourne fashion festival we were in a round table with a bunch of other brands and we were really surprised that a lot of them have physical stores like there was bull there was vic and woods is obviously like much more established and pretty much everyone sitting around the table had a bricks and mortar store mm-hmm at least one that did really well for them. And I was really surprised by that. And for us being shoes, there's definitely something in that, like people want to try them on. Yeah. 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 So we kind of left that and we were like, oh, okay. Like, you know, because you hear so much about. We love a pop-up. Like that, we always usually do a pop-up like for a couple of months around Christmas. But yeah, like the idea of a physical store, mm, I just love it. I think so many people are using pop-ups to kind of be able to achieve what you want to achieve for an online store, but not sign a five-year lease. It's going to sort of, you know, it's so hard to know where to go. And I mean, myself, I don't go anywhere to shop. I I just shop online and I don't, I don't shop physical anywhere. Yeah. I love physical shopping. Like Steph loves shopping. I love the online as well. I am obsessed with physical shopping, but like even now in Melbourne, like I don't know when the last time you went there is. How far would you travel for a physical shopping experience though? Or would you just go to one? If I knew I was going to find something great, far. Yeah. So you talked about, um, you know, like digital is obviously really big for you Mm -hmm. guys. Um, And we read about how social media was like a really big part of how you grew your business. Is that still a really big part of it for you now? Yeah. um, Look, definitely social media allowed us to start a business with zero capital, um, zero minus zero capital. Um, And so we were able to just market our business to our customers and have that conversation, develop really strong relationships with our community through those platforms, whether that was, look, let's face it, mostly Instagram. I've never really been a Facebook person, although I know it's it's very successful for us, but it's not usually me on there massaging that. Um, whereas Instagram, I'm still like 
so particular about everything Mm. um and it's my baby but um it's been really important for us to diversify that as well i think obviously the algorithms on instagram have made it that you can't just rely on that anymore um and i mean obviously that happened first with facebook where it used to be that everything you posted everyone saw and now when you post it you either can pay for it or you know which i understand and people complain about it i find that so strange like i would never expect mary claire to run an ad for me for free yeah so i think why it's would like, facebook run an ad for me for free yeah like, it's a shift know. in mentality exactly I think, from like being a user that can use a platform for free then mm. to being a brand that is selling something on yes the platform. because yeah. there was this little window where people got it for free and brands like triangle you know completely exploded all oh. over using that free advertising and then people were like oh cool i can do this too and then facebook quickly was like nah now you gotta pay well it wasn't i mean facebook were like let's just say let them see the power of our platform. yeah it was let's clever get let's get them in it's amazing. It's yeah, like Uber see Eats. The goal. You remember Uber Eats used to be free in the beginning, like oh, free delivery. Yeah, it's free delivery. We Ooh. don't have Uber. Oh, I think we've just got Uber Eats here. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. When they launch, I think like when they launch in a new city, they do like a, a free like few months or something. Yeah. So you all get hooked. Yeah. And Everyone then... talks. I think it was 2013, but it was there was this golden year of Facebook where you just you threw a dollar in and hundred dollars came back. It was crazy. Yeah. Just the amount of people, and then they obviously went okay, and now doors shut now it you know and they and that's obviously what instagram's doing i find it weird because personally when i'm on my feed and i see a sponsored post i'm just like get out of my face like i don't uh, yeah. i don't respond uh, to i, I mean, do i'm like oh yeah my it doesn't God, matter Facebook to me knows me so well <laughs> i love that i love that, I love that. <laughs> look i must admit i have clicked through to a few things if it if it does know you well and it shows you something that you really want to see then i guess that's cool and it's yeah exciting i actually you find appreciate something. it because yeah. like i'm always on the lookout for a new brand that i haven't heard of yeah and that's what they show yeah me. but i think for you guys like you do imagery so well and that's such an important part of it that i think like some small brands are just like oh just like take a photo of my product slap it up there that'll yeah. sell but for you you know you look on your instagram and you just like get a sense of the brand instantly yeah i mean it's something that's always been at the heart of our brand was that storytelling element and that was me coming in from a video editing place and even before that when i grew up it was all about visual diaries so like we kept a visual diary from when we were so young and we've got got our life book i've still got my life book and every year we'd go in and we'd like create this collage of our life and then there'd be like each year we'd have a different visual diary and every time we went on a holiday we'd make a visual diary of that holiday and my kids are doing that now so i I, they have life book and they've got polaroids and they take photos and they collect leaves when we go camping and stick them in and make you know it's there i'm teaching them to create that visual storytelling element hopefully that they can have that rather than learning it to do it on instagram because i felt like people talk you know i've even heard you guys talk about that kind of highlights reel that Mm -hmm. instagram has become but for me it's just been my visual diary but in digital form and that was how i told stories was the beautiful things around me that inspire me go into my diary but now they go on instagram as well so do you still keep like a physical visual diary um when i travel i do yeah, but I really do it with the kids now, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I kind of have driven that. Like, I'll make sure I've got a diary every time we go on a holiday. We've got a beautiful book that we can then start to collect little bits and pieces and um, take photos. And even if we're taking photos with a camera or on our phone, when we're on holiday, we'll stop at, like, in America, we'll stop at, like, 
the Kmart or the Walmart and get our photos developed so that the kids have got them in the pocket in the back of their visual diary. They can constantly be collaging, you know, like when we're on holiday, when we're, okay, we're at a hot hotel, sit down with your diaries, you can do some collaging and they'll be cutting and sticking. And, That's yeah. such a great idea. Isn't it? That's yeah. so nice. And so that for that. me is what Instagram is. Yeah. It's just, you know, so for me, I wouldn't put a boring picture in my diary or like a family photo album. My parents were, my, my parents were photographers and they had a, a like a, dark room in our bathroom so we grew up with our parents like constantly developing photos in the dark room and they wouldn't have put a boring picture in our in our family photo album it was always you know the best moment or the holiday or something interesting that happened and so I kind of get that highlights real element of Instagram that and I don't see it as like it's curated but it's that's what you do with a photo album right it's a curated collection of memories that is completely what you do and I guess that's why it's kind of gone in the direction that it has yeah. but then it's like then taken one step too far yes. when it's like infiltrating everybody's brains that yeah. oh this is the glossy well, way that everyone but also the bullshit like, like people that. go to a cafe their kids crying they spill a milkshake they manage to take a nice photo and then they post a picture saying morning at cafes but really yes. it was a horrible morning and that yeah. that that's the element that's yeah. kind well, of because, taken it to that ugh. and you're doing the visual diary for yourself you're not yeah. doing it to show everyone mm. and be like look how good mm. my life is yeah. you're doing it for yourself and so you can kind of see your memories there in a book and i guess yeah. that's where social media has this disconnect because suddenly it's like we all have access to it and millions of people looking at everyone else and going yeah. ah my visual diary doesn't look as good as everybody <laughs> else's visual diary yeah yesterday yeah. when we were at like we were at this conference retail global and they were um we saw this video and it said it's talking about how people want to experience things and then it like touched on the fact that if they didn't share it then it's like the experience didn't exist and that just like struck a chord in me where I was just like oh that's so like no I don't want that to be what it's it so, is it's so true and it's so weird though isn't it I remember on because on the weekend my I've been I decided to take all my kids off my personal Instagram mm-hmm. just because I thought I would. I, I just archived all the photos of my kids that, I, you know, and um, I just decided, and I could retract this at any point, but I decided that I didn't want to sort of use my kids anymore, you know, on my personal life, I'd keep it more to work or, you know, locations or whatever. And then my husband went camping on the weekend with my two kids and he was sending me photos. And in the past I would have posted a photo of them camping because it's cool and they're often they're camping and there's my son's surfing and they've got photos of their cool tent and I would have put it up there and it would have been great but I was like I was really um torn torn about am I doing this just to say to everyone sucked in my husband's taking my kids camping (laughs) and it's so cool yeah (laughs) so I just didn't do it but then it was like no one knows we went camping yeah totally and there's nothing wrong with sharing it because I think Mm. like just as humans like we want to share when we find something cool. We want to yeah. share it with people. Yeah. And there's just like that. It, just the fact that you're aware of it and you're not going to be just doing it to be like, look at me. Yeah. You know, it's okay. You don't have to feel guilty about yeah. wanting to share great moments yeah. that you had. I think I I think I always just asked, I, what I try and do now is I think, would this make anyone who isn't here feel left out? Like if yeah. there's like, if I'm with a bunch of friends and we're doing something that's really cool, like we're having a fire at their house and we're all make, toasting marshmallows, in the past, I would have posted that, but now I'm like, I've got friends who aren't there. That would kind of be shit for them to see that. That's so let's just not put it on there. And you know, it. it doesn't. That's yeah. Uh, so you have a tab on your website called People and Planet, <gasps> People and Planet. that we wanted oh, to talk I to you so about. I get so excited talking about all this stuff. Oh my god! Can I tell you? We, so we've been looking. We've 
been trying to be really transparent about our supply chain. We have nothing to hide and, you know, we're trying to make all of our practices more sustainable. Our shoe label is animal friendly, which was like the number one for us. But now we're like, what else can we be doing? And so we sent um, a girl in the office to like do some research on what else is out there. What are other people doing? And when we looked on the Spell website, it was like, oh, this is a great page. And then I was like, wait, there's another page. Wait, there's another page. And <laughs> yeah, like, there's and it this goes and goes. And, and it's a like getting journey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you call it a journey that yeah. you can go on. And that's just so incredible. We want to hear all about oh, that. It was so, it's, it's so, when I say I've still got my feet, like to me, that's the part I haven't really taken a leave from at all even though I'm on maternity leave it's the part that I just can't let go of because it's so important Mm -hmm. and it's it's that is the drive for me at the moment I I've kind of been thinking it's funny because I've done other podcasts before or interviews a lot of magazine interviews and I find that when a founder gets sick of their own founder story it's time to fucking shake it up and do something else and create a new story for your brand having been in the business with Spell for 10 years it's the next phase of my evolution as a businesswoman. And I think that when I started working with Spell, um, it wasn't the fashion that I got so psyched on. It was the entrepreneurial journey. That's what, for me, just tapped into something else. I didn't know what really an entrepreneur was. I thought it was like a businessman or something. But it's like all of a sudden this desire to sell and market and tell story, that was all the part that just went, rah, this is amazing. And that's what this new sustainability journey has tapped into for me it's actually it's really interesting to 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 observe how the sustainability journey actually can be part of the entrepreneurial journey and has the same motivators behind it because when you're an entrepreneur you want to refine you want to get better you want to grow you want to constantly evolve that's what business is about and that's what that for me is what sustainability is about it's about okay we've got this business it does X, Y, Z, we turn over X, Y, Z. Now what's next? Mm. How can we make this better? And you can make it better by just growing more money and just increasing your turnover. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, we made an extra million. Like that's good. You've got to have money to be able to do the thing. Continue to, yeah. You've got to, to keep a sustainable business. You have like, as in financially sustainable, you need to continue to have a turnover, but if that's all your drive is, you're going to get bored. And I think I would have had to move on to a new brand or try something or build something new had I not have found this new sustainability journey that we're on. It's just this whole new part of the business which is flourishing and everyone in our business is so excited about it. So it so, started like four or five years ago, right? Yes. Yep. And at that point had sustainability... Three or four years ago. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, three or four years ago. Yeah. And at that point had sustainability just not been a part of the business. And then how do you even begin yeah. that? You know, it's yeah. such a huge... Well, I mean, one when I ba- okay, so basically, our business started quite sustainably because we were so small and grassroots. So we were hand making jewelry from literally found objects mm. at the very beginning, and then we started, you know, in, moving into silver and gold and other things, and then started making clothes in Bali at a really small. Our first production house was a woman who's the same age as me, and three seamstresses, actually same guys. They were men on sewing machines same guys same guys (laughs) and there were three guys and we'd just sit there and we'd all just hang out the guys would smoke and we'd have to make them put cigarettes out and it was all just like super cruisy and we hung out with them we had dinner with them um little sugang was the pattern maker he was gorgeous and it was just this really simple small operation and our first order was like 25 dresses so that that's where it started and that is completely sustainable because it's just you know okay so basically how i started down this journey was 
during Fashion Revolution Week about four years ago, um, a customer asked us who made our who made my clothes. So you, you guys know about Fashion Revolution Week. I know yeah. you spoke to Claire Press a few weeks ago, um, and. I was able to kind of be really proud and tell them where they were made and how we go to our factories all the time and we spend lots of time there. Um, but it, as I was sort of going through that process of answering that question, I kind of was like, well, how do they know we're telling the truth? And how do they know that, I don't know, I just felt like we were kind of just saying, we have a code of conduct and trust us, it's all good. Yeah. And, and it was, but how do they... It just, I just, it's just it was, like just the first step. Yeah, but and I didn't so much know about more. accreditation or like verification or any of that stuff. And I, that's when I started to literally Google like sustainable fashion. Like how do you, how do you, and it, and that's when I started finding out about RAP or SEDEX or um, GOTS and all these different accreditation. What, what are all those words? So set, they're just different verification processes basically or different auditing bodies mm-hmm. that can basically go into your factory and they go through a checklist and they check off that, all of these things are being adhered to. So all of a sudden I started learning more about the environmental side and I was starting to listen to podcasts and research and blogs and books and everything kept coming back that it was not just people, it was planet as well. And that's where we really started to... And I mean, back to that beginning where I saw podcasts and blogs and having that little bit of a vision and being such an early adopter on social media, I had that... I just knew four years ago that the sustainability thing was going to become really important and it wasn't just going to be a let's do this because our customers are asking a few customers are asking for it it was like I think it's going to get to the point that you're not going to be able to run a business if you can't if you can't back yourself and be accountable for the way you're running your business yeah and it feels like that's the direction that it's going definitely percent mm. like even when we look at our practices like it's funny because transparency like i totally understand that i like fully recognize that it's the first step into becoming kind of more environmentally yeah. friendly but like when i really sit there and think about it i'm like it's not good enough like mm. we you know not just transparency like we need to be pushing for this we need to be researching for that mm. and like we're we're also just kind of like beginning this journey of mm. like yeah as Steph said like animal friendly was our number one but now like what else can we be doing um and it's super hard like and it's easy to take the easy way out of oh I'm just going to turn a blind eye I'm not going to do mm. anything but then but what, s- what are we all here for Ben I think seeing you guys do it has been really inspiring for us and it's really cool that you can have that impact and lead the way for other brands yeah. to do it as well it's funny because when i remember when we were at the very beginning of our business we we're just starting to kind of make a little bit of a profit or at least be able to pay ourselves some money and we weren't really sure what to do or what we were supposed to be doing and oh gosh if we're making money we should be probably paying some tax what are we going to do and the first thing we did was we go and spoke to an accountant and then and she advised a bookkeeper and there was someone to go and speak to about that Mm. whereas five years ago you couldn't I didn't sustain you you you, you wouldn't say okay so where's our, res, our social responsibility consultant mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah look it up in the yellow pages that there's no that wasn't a job and it wasn't something that a business had to invest in yeah whereas now you could actually go and get a sustainability consultant they're still rare and they're still specialized but I'm hoping that anyone who's starting a brand will have the foresight that we didn't have which is to ask for that third-party help that we now we now have a sustainability consultant that we can ask and we can ring up and say, like, this is a factory that we're thinking of working with and he can help us. And, like, 
I don't know. It just, it's like you said, it's really hard because we didn't know what we were doing and we were literally Googling how to be a sustainable business at the beginning. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and I also <laughs> think like just with brands that are kind of leading the way, like Spell, like it's amazing that you're able to like share all of that on your website and everything because yeah, I mean like it rather than, I guess it's like that old school looking like everyone's a competitor. It's like, no, in this instance, like we're not competitors. We're yeah. all, we should all be working together to share that knowledge and kind of move towards a more positive future for everybody. That's definitely been, that was probably one of the driving forces of when we, when we kind of went, okay, this is going to be a thing and we're going to take this on. And at first we were super scared. We were like, if we start talking, if we were if we mention the word factory, to our customers oh, yes. yeah. or China. Oh yeah, like, we felt the same. You know, oh my God, like what if they, like it's ugly, It's factories are ugly. Yeah, yeah. You it's know, they don't have, like yeah. Oh my God, there's not like reclaimed wood beams at the, you know, whatever. It's, yeah. it's, it's what, how are we gonna, how are we gonna tell this story? And should we, and what happens if we do? And are we gonna open a can of worms? And um, we just thought, let's just, just go the whole hog. If we're gonna do this, let's just, open it up let's really tell the story and we'll use the way that we tell story which is with beauty and you know inspiration to tell that story and and i i did the same thing i went around and looked at a whole bunch of other websites to see what people were doing and at the time not they weren't doing that much but a few people stood out a few other brands stood out at sort of doing a good job at telling that story and i was really inspired by that and um it's been probably one of the best parts of it is to create a journey that people can learn from because because we're kind of learning as we go as well we've only just just this last month hired our first like like a proper sustainability person on our team and um even she's teaching us so much it's it's incredible but um well, well, we I listen to Claire Press all the time. Oh, amazing. Yeah. She's incredible. So, yeah. and, the, and the fact that, like, you know, so many people have access to everything that she talks about just by following mm. her on social media mm. is amazing. And, yeah, we definitely encourage people to go on the Spell website and check out that People and Planet tab and go on Thank the you. journey. Yeah. For sure. So should we head into some quick fires before yeah. we wrap up? Oh, you gosh. have a facial to get to. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go to brunch at Bailey, which I'm so yeah. excited about. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I'm going to call for an update on Panther because hopefully he's feeling a little Aww. bit better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so as you would know, because you listen to our podcast yes. or you've listened to a few, um, we end everything on, we end all our episodes on a, some quick fire questions. Um, so we'll just throw them at you, okay. shall we? So speaking of cafes, what is your favorite cafe environment? Oh my god, I'm so bad at quick fire. Um, <laughs> favorite cafe? Um, look, Sparrow is—it's not a cafe, but it's like a hole in the wall. But it's where everyone gets their coffee here. Do they? Like I assume in Byron, you cannot get a disposable cup. Sure. You can get you can get really? one, but you looked at very like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. and they have a box of cups that you can just get a normal. They have cups there that you can use because it's just a takeaway place. Okay, because you yeah. showed up with your own coffee in your own I, mug this morning, which I, I just loved. I felt like that was so Byron. I have not used a coffee cup for over a year same with plastic bottles i just draw a line i'm like yeah, i will go thirsty cannot. and i will get parched and sick and keel over before i buy a plastic mm. bottles. it's Pla- terrible plastic bottles is such an easy one to get rid of yeah. like but can just- i tell you on planes they still hand one out to every single person i think yeah. i think that's changing didn't virgin or Qantas or someone so. i think someone should change all i need is one person to change yeah, it. yeah. everyone will yeah. and then the other day i stayed at a hotel and it was a really nice uh. hotel and they gave everyone plastic bottles like all the time. And I was like, you could just give everybody like a branded flask 
or thermos when they arrive and then everyone's going to be walking around with your branding and take it home with them and just have water stations or even just or even just a a glass yeah just give us a glass yeah these days i think people are all they're expecting um we had um we in our office you you can't walk in with a plastic bottle there's no coffee cups no plastic bottles no plastic straws or plastic bags and we had a shoot there one day and the the, like the 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 shoot team that what do you call it the crew. the crew rocked up with plastic bottles and everyone in our office just was freaking out oh. and you could just see everyone's eyes just like look, everyone was looking around it was everyone really nervous it was like that's so cool really that's sick. where it your office really is really big though. deal yeah like, that is cool when we were in bali the, on the first day like our villa said to us like we don't allow any plastic bottles plastic bags wow. whatever while you're here which i thought was so great and a couple of the girls were like i have a plastic <laughs> they were like, uh-oh. They also said no wine. And my housemate was like, I've got wine. <laughs> um, so uh, are there any other sustainable labels that you love? Um, there are a lot. Um, but I don't really buy clothes myself. But I'm loving what Reformation are doing. I think they do really well. I like how they have an impact report. And they can, they're kind of measuring their emissions and their water usage. Mm, and you can great. sort of see that when you're buying the actual... Um, style like I think that's really cool it's something that we haven't quite done yet so what app do you spend the most time on probably Instagram and also the editing apps like the oh do you have any great editing apps Uh, I just I use Tezza and I use Lightroom we use Unfold for Instagram stories Unfold for stories and I'm into Storylux is it the new Unfold kind of thing oh yeah awesome okay, thank you we'll so much that facial yeah. but thanks so much for chatting to us see you guys this bye. is fun bye wow lizzie is just so amazing literally the minute she walked into our house in byron we just had this instant connection with her and it felt so special to get to sit down and fully just pick her brain about her whole journey i particularly loved everything that she said about sustainability when she was talking about their journey that they're on right now you could literally just see her face light up you can tell how passionate she is and that is just so inspiring to see So this week's question comes from Ben on Instagram. Hey, Ben, shout out to our male listeners. Love that. Um, He has asked, if you were starting a business, what are the first three things you would do? Mm, Ben, well, we came up with three things that we think are the first things you should do when starting a business. So the first one is start an Instagram account and that's just to get the word out and kind of start to build a bit of a following. The second one is find a partner because Doing business by yourself sucks and being in it with someone is so much better, particularly someone whose skill set complements yours. And the third one is test the product or service. Get it out there immediately and just get as much feedback as you can so that you can just chop and change, chop and change until you find something great. So if you did like this episode, please leave a review. We love to get five stars if you feel like leaving us five stars and post a picture of you listening to this episode on Instagram and we will share it because we love to see you listening and also share the episode with your friends. Tell them about it if you liked it. Next week, we actually have a super special In Conversation episode where it's not just the two of us. We're sitting down with Kirsty and Lauren from our digital marketing agency, Megaphone, and they share some amazing insights. When someone's on Instagram, they're scrolling through, they're seeing a lot of images of their friends, they're seeing some, you know, fashion items and everything. If you go and chuck in a white background shoe image, it's sort of going to disrupt their feed. 
Um, so if you want to use something like an, an influencer image on Instagram, you're sort of showing your audience what they expect to be seeing on Instagram in the style that they're expecting to see it in. So that'll be on next Monday. And don't forget this Thursday, we will see you in the evening for our very first younger episode wrap up. We can't wait. Na, 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 na,